Hey guys, today's podcast is brought to you by Bombas. Save 20% off your first order when you go to www.getbombas.com slash row. Bombas are so cool. They're carefully knitted and designed for extreme leisure and athletic performance. Anytime you purchase a pair of socks, Bombas donates a pair of socks to someone who's in need of socks. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the show. This is the World of Row Podcast. And introducing your host, standing at 6'5", weighing 225 pounds, from Alice, Texas, Roel Santos! Hey, 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 people. Let's get the show on the road, or let's get the show started. Crank up your audio level, put your headphones in, and let's get it going, because it's time for the World of Row podcast. I'm your host, my name is Roel. Um... Obviously, I'm Ro. People like to call me that or Roll, not Raul. Uh, I'm a guy who loves to eat uh, Torchy's tacos. I'm a guy who enjoys reading NBA statistics. <laughs> yes, I'm a big statistics kind of guy, although I never took the actual statistics class. But I'm a man of so many things. And uh, obviously, you know, I'm a loving husband and a wonderful father. A delightful human being. I'm a guy who likes to say thank you. Anyway, you're on the you're listening to the podcast and welcome guys. Every Friday I give you this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, worldofro.com, iTunes. I already said iTunes. What is wrong with me? Tune in any podcasting app you use. There's so many great ways that you can help out my podcast and one of them of course I will always mention first is the Patreon page at patreon.com/worldofro. You can donate a dollar, $2, $3, whatever you want to donate monthly. You get some bonus podcasts, you get some extra videos, things that I'm kind of working on. Um and also the other one, I said also, I don't know why I said that. The other way of course is going to Write a review on iTunes. Rate it and review it. Uh, after you listen to it, of course, subscribe and tell everyone about it. Spread the love. Share the share the knowledge of this amazing podcast and tell them how you love hearing me talk to a, a guest each week. Or sometimes you hear me talk about myself. Whatever it is, uh, I would really, really appreciate all that if you could share that love and um, help me become the man. You know what I mean? Not a man, but the man. I'm trying to be the man, guys. Anyway, how are you guys? Oh, look at that sigh. That was a big, deep sigh. I have to tell you all, this has been a very, very long week. Um, I usually try to have these recorded, these little intros and monologues right before I get into, I mean, earlier on in the week. But then I don't get to tell you how my week's been, so sometimes it's not always entertaining. Or I try to keep it you know, keep it to a level where you guys enjoy. You're like, oh, wow, that's going on in Rose's life, you know, or whatever. I mean, I try to keep it that way, but sometimes I, I I get it done earlier or sometimes I get it done late. Like right now, this is Thursday night at 10 o'clock in the evening, and this podcast is going to go up in probably about mm, two and a half, three hours, I would say by 1230 Central Standard Time, because that's the real time. Everyone knows that. Um uh, it's been a hectic week, you know. It's been a very, very hectic week. Uh, long working days. I did have a couple of days off, and I spent time with the familia. That was, that was great. I hung out with my wife and my daughter. We we hung out. We did a little shopping. We had lunch and dinner and all that stuff together. It was it was really cool. Um, it was it was really cold, you know. And I know that uh, people in different parts of the country, like Canada or the world, I should say, in North America and Canada or michigan and wisconsin are like hey texas boy that's not cold for us it is you know i mean but it was nice it felt like winter you know i i i really enjoy when it feels that way especially this time of year because it's christmas and i don't know um you know i stayed i stayed pretty busy uh not you know just work-wise uh long shifts at work uh, not enough time to think it feels like I think it's just at that time of the year um, working retail is always such a blast you know especially during Christmas you know you hear the sarcasm there I mean it, it it's it's taking care of my family so I'm I'm just saying you know just long time you know long time away from home sometimes and um, you know I went to my eye doctor I finally got my uh 
finally got my new contacts ordered. I, I've been needing to get contacts. I don't know. You know, it's weird. I go back and I think about my days like in, in school where I played sports and I didn't, I had glasses and this was like late nineties, two thousands. And I didn't want to trouble my parents of getting me contacts. Although I finally got them before I graduated high school. I'm like, Holy shit. How the hell did I not wear contacts when I was going to school? I had glasses, but I didn't like to wear them because I thought here's a cool guy. I thought I was cool and I couldn't wear glasses. And now it's like any chance I get, I wear my glasses, but You know, it, it's uh, it, it's funny. I, I did that, and um, you know, we I I I'm working on the the little studio area for the podcast, and I added I added another mic, got a new mic, so that way I'm trying to do some more in person stuff, whether I'm mobile, which it's it's nice. I like doing mobile podcasting, and that's how I'm doing this monologue right now. I'm I'm actually driving, but I have my my recorder and my mic ready to go, and I'm talking, and it's pretty easy to do. It's not like texting and driving, and you shouldn't be doing that. You, you right there, you listening to this podcast. I see you looking at, at the at the screen in your car, and you see, you see me. You may imagine me, my face and my hand right in your face, saying, "Stop doing that," because I know you're doing that anyway. Um, yeah, it's pretty easy to do, but just you know, I'm trying to. I, I upgraded the little studio area. It's, it's going to be nice. Hopefully, some people start coming out, coming out to the place and doing them in person. That would be cool, and taking pictures and doing all that social media plug and stuff. Um, you know, going uh, talking about the podcast, um, uh, I was actually my podcast was featured on a uh, on this podcasting newsletter where they, you know, you interact with other po- other uh, utter. I almost said utter. What am I like a Samoan or I don't know who says utter? Anyway, other podcasters and uh, we. Uh, you know, they kind of help, you know, networking and looking for guests. I was featured on a, on a newsletter, which is awesome. And hopefully that gives me some traction and uh, more eyeballs on the show. That's always nice. Pu- good publicity, right? I mean, it's free press. I can't complain. And then the people at podcastguest.com are really awesome. Andrew, shout out to Andrew for doing that on, you know, he does that every week and he puts it together. And uh, to feature me on there, it was really cool. You know, he emailed me and said, hey, are you still, you still want to, be you want to be feet would you like to be featured and i said heck yes i would let's uh let's get it out there you know get some people out there and try to get some traction going you know uh the the last week's episode with steve trevino and, and john got a lot of traction uh with people a lot of feedback i think a lot of people enjoyed you know hearing hearing comedian stories and especially people from from south texas or the or the 361 no anyway <laughs> i don't know why i did that uh you know they they were talking about how they enjoyed it and Steve's kind of establishing himself with a, you know as a presence like I mentioned but it, feedback was great and I like talking to comedians man they're just they're so awesome you know they've got something something really cool to share and a nice story to tell and and they're hilarious and they make the they make the podcast just go by so quick and you know it, it's always an interesting conversation to hear how they got their start and how they're how they're going about you know establishing themselves in the comedic comedic scene and i've always been curious about it because there's so many of them comedians and and a lot of them are in in the la area los angeles and you know trying to get gigs at the comedy store the improv you know places you know all, all those places out there there's a lot there's a huge presence out there and i've always been curious if it was real cutthroat and and uh you know they they all seem like hey there's it's a, it's not saturated we're all working we're all trying to make it happen and you know people like Natasha Prohansen or or Brianna Hansen Steve uh and there's there's a there's a lot of comedians that I've talked to like Marty in Chicago I know I know he he spent some time in LA but he he's got his home base now in Chicago and Chicago's got a big presence to itself you know I mean that just goes without saying I mean you talk you're talking about Second City and Belushi and Chris Farley, Mike Myers. I mean, there's a who's who. I mean, Sam Slade, <laughs> and and you know, MPH Natasha did some stuff out there too, and Marty worked out, did some stuff at Second City. So, I mean, it's just it's just really cool. And you know, I'm I'm really hoping to get some more uh, comedians on the show, whether they're Texas or wherever they're at. And um, this week's guest, let's get into it. You know, well, I've been talking too long already, so. This week's guest is Chris Mata. He's actually out in the Los Angeles area, but he's from San Antonio. I mean, he's from Converse, Texas. You know, we he, he came over to the place. I mean, he, he grew up maybe a few miles of 
a few miles in the area where we where we were at and you know and uh, it was really cool to hear his perspective on how this area has grown so much and him coming in from texas all the way up to la and this is actually part one so there's two parts of this podcast i'm probably going to drop the second part on christmas day i think i'm going to do that just because the next friday's episode will be a year year review or year in review of 2016 you know i'm not I'm not going to play any clips or anything like that. I think um, I'll save that um, for net, for the year anniversary or something. And, uh, I mean, I'm trying to work on something for that. I'm already thinking ahead. You see that? Uh, but, you know, I, I want to do that because it's such a good conversation. And, and I told him before we started, he came over to the, the house and he said, hey, um, how long do you, how long do we go? And I said, well, I'm going to, you know, maybe 45 minutes to an hour. He's like, okay, cool. And we just kept talking. I mean, I, we, you know, talking and talking and talking. And before you know it, I'm like, Hey, uh, and I think I say it, you'll hear it on part two. And I said, Hey, uh, uh, we're, we're already at almost an hour and 45 minutes. He's like, Whoa, really? I said, yeah. He's like, Holy shit. He's like, yeah. Wow. You know? And, and just a really down to earth, easy to talk to guy. Um, I hope you enjoy uh, just a wide, a wide array of top of topics with him, and uh, really cool guy. So let's go ahead and play that now, and I hope you enjoy, guys. Yeah, okay, yeah, we're good. Can you talk into it real quick? Check. Oh Check. yeah, yeah, we're yeah, good. We're, we're good. good. All right, man. So just been here chatting away with you, man. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Cool. Yeah. yeah, man, of course. Nice house, cool thank daughter. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we have my daughter here hanging out with us, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but you have kids, so you kind of you can kind of resonate a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, I can relate. Uh, the I have two boys. I have um, he just turned ten. He's awesome, and then I have another fifteen-year-old boy who he lives in San Diego. Oh wow, okay. And uh, he's in tenth grade. Okay. And he just made varsity on the soccer team. Nice. So yep. congrats. Where okay. did you go to high school at? Uh, you know what? I, I, okay. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. Got you. Got you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. No problem, man. That's cool, man. That so he's varsity sophomore year. That's a that's an accompli- that's accomplishment. Huge. Yeah, I remember yeah. when I was in high school. Uh, I I didn't I was like who are those people with the jackets on the varsity jackets mm-hmm. and then I was like I never want to be one of those <laughs> they're terrible people and then <laughs> and then my son gets it I'm like yes those people are awesome yeah. I've come full circle as a person yeah, yeah 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 it I think it's it's I don't I haven't reached that level yet so I imagine that it feels pretty awesome to see like hey my kid did this my kid my yeah, kid's doing it, that it, to uh, cheer on his accomplishments and then right. I was like this is this is what everybody's it yeah. would be nice if everybody's life was or had friends like this that yeah were genuinely happy when something good happens to you mm-hmm. because i feel like as as i've gotten older sometimes when something good happens especially in show business that mm-hmm. they secretly hate on you and they might be applauding you yeah. but not really and you could see it in their eyes yeah, yeah, like, yeah. good for you <laughs> you know like i don't like you but yeah. good for you yeah and how how did you get that <laughs> What do you mean? How did? What, how, why did you say it like that? As yeah, opposed to yeah. when my son gets it, I'm just yes, and I couldn't be happier. Right, of course. Yeah. So I think as parents, and my I remember growing up, my parents, my dad would always say, "I'm always really proud of you. I want to show you off." And I'm like, "Why? I'm just like a, I'm a teenager. I don't want to be around you, man. You know, or whatever." But now I I see where he's coming from. Any chance I get to take her somewhere and people can compliment, that's always nice. Yeah, it's yeah, it's super cool. It's yeah. uh, well. If if you why wouldn't you want to hang out with your dad? <laughs> when you're a teenager you don't though. You know what? I think it I think it's perspective because my dad was never around so yeah. I wanted to be around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please take me with you. <laughs> yeah. Don't go. Why are you going? Am I not good enough? Please. Well, my dad my dad worked a lot in in Corpus so and we lived in Alice so he would oh, he was always gone like 4 days of the week. So like he my mom absolutely refused to live in Corpus because and I hope she don't take this the wrong way, but quote unquote, she didn't like driving in a big city, even though Corpus is, I mean, it's bigger compared to Alice. Alice is about the size of where we're at here in mm-hmm. Converse, population wise. So she didn't like that. So my dad was always gone. And when he would come home, it was always real short. So I was so used, to, I mean, I guess my situation was a little bit different because I was used to having him, not having him around. I got, I was closer to my mom growing up. Which is weird. Um, I mean, not weird, but normal. I guess. Well, that's of, where you hear the term "mama's boy." Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> so I was kind of like a mama's boy okay. growing up. And then when I got into my 20s and, you know, as I got older, my dad and I are like, like he's like my, my buddy. Like I have to be around my dad. It's like, that's good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to hear that. Cause, <laughs> I mean, I feel my, like I'm at therapy. <laughs> <laughs> with my boy, uh, I, I find it very interesting when, when I'm on the road and I'm like, hey, everybody, thanks for usually at the very beginning right, right. set. I just ask people, um, hey, clap if you're happy to be away from your children. And people are clapping. And I'm, why do you clap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you created people that you don't like? Right. It's your fault if you don't right. like them. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. stop clapping. And then yeah. <laughs> that I, in my head, I'm thinking <laughs> that. What are you? Why are you? <laughs> if you don't like him, change him. Right, 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 right. Well, I think the thing with my dad is this, I was the only boy. So he was kind of a bit of a hard ass on hard ass on me, I mm-hmm. guess, when I was a kid. So I was like, ah, I want to rebel against this guy. But I never, I was never the troublemaker. I, I didn't do drugs. I didn't party. I, I started to party like three months before I graduated because I mean, by then I was like, all right, man, you gotta cut loose a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So then when we got older, like now he's like my my confidant. I guess you could say we like uh, if we're gonna go do something, we we have fun doing it and make jokes of it we'll watch sports together and things like that it's it's cool now that's really good yeah, I, yeah. um I, I, with my dad it's we i see him very seldom right still so it, you would savor every moment right yeah. uh, and even still i hardly uh, when i come into town i i see him maybe twice wow it's just we don't have that strong solid connection and right. and honestly i i feel that that's affected me throughout mm-hmm. my entire life that sort of relationship and then i looking at other uh uh friends that i have or uh they talk about their parents mm-hmm. some people really hate their parents yeah, yeah, some yeah. people really love their parents right, and right, right. i hear when i have this one friend he's like uh um you know i just, uh, my daddy was and i hate him you know or whatever <laughs> and or i don't talk about him but uh, he doesn't have an effect on my life, but yeah. they, really they do. If, whether right, right. a parent is absent or present, um, you're you're always wondering why didn't my parent want me or why didn't they love me? And so to say that um, that your parents don't have an effect on you, I feel yeah, uh, absolutely does. Right, absolutely, yeah, absolutely does. And um, he, so I mean, I think we made up for a lot of the lost time hang out with him so now it's just like we just laugh and bs man and it's it's funny that we um, my name's babe <laughs> your, your daughter's calling you babe yeah yeah my daughter's know, calling me babe she because my my wife will call me that and she says it like babe and or what okay dad's name is babe my dad's right what's my name <laughs> <laughs> all right so anyway um yeah. uh talk oh so yeah so we it, he, he likes to tell me hey i'm i'm 64 years old and i don't have to put up with any bs and if you don't like me you don't have to like me i don't care anymore and it and it makes me laugh when he says that because now when you're a kid he's like this disciplinarian or your you know your father kind of thing and now it's like we have these conversations and there's i mean my dad's not a, a, a dupe a bad guy or anything but there's expletives and i'm like man you you say a lot of like i can't believe you're cussing he's like well i didn't cuss when you were a kid i didn't want to have that example he's like now who gives a crap you know so <laughs> right, speak. Right. so but it, he's like this is the only way you can understand is if when i use this kind of stuff so anyway but yeah uh my dad cussed a lot yeah so yeah especially uh he let me know chris when when i work on a car i cuss a lot (laughs) he built engines oh yeah yeah he was a mechanic so uh he'd work on a car all the time and it was like f this f that and that was i thought it was really funny yeah 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 Yeah. heck yeah yeah Yeah. you just He's in the zone, and he, if he gets frustrated about something, right, he's got to yeah, let it out yep. kind of thing. It was really funny to listen to. and yeah. I, I picked up that behavior. Yeah. When I'm working on a car, I'm Do you really? cussing at it. Yeah. <laughs> so I just tell my kids when I'm working on the car, go inside. Go inside. I'm going to be cussing a lot. <laughs> no, that's, I don't so, do that. So do you use a, a lot of profanity when you're out on the... When you're doing a set, sometimes you do? Uh, it depends on what show I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So um, I do some corporate stuff now and it's all clean 100 percent. right i don't even talk about sex um and those shows really uh have helped me develop a better vocabulary sure uh and it helps me get to what i'm trying to say sooner and better yeah but uh 
if I'm doing an R-rated show, which sometimes happens, then right. it's just have at it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's both. But oh. I prefer doing shows where there's no swearing and uh, there's no sex. and the, Because I feel, as long as I've been doing stand-up, I did that for five, uh, five years. Like 13 years, mm-hmm. 14 years of just racial um uh sex laden just that was my set and i think i've maybe it's perhaps i gotten it i've gotten it out of my system okay yeah. maybe yeah. maybe that could be a thing but then i realized uh, so i have a cd yeah i, I saw that I, which i mean we're gonna talk about that yeah, too yeah um and uh on it i was I talk a lot about sex and I'm cussing and <laughs> and uh and I wanted to give a copy to my boy. Yeah. And I, I, I want to share these things with him. And, yeah. Um, but I just felt like... Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with people that, that cuss and just... Sure. Uh, that is on their own... Right. What, what, that's, that's who they are, and, and that's fine and perfect for them. But I just felt, what sort of example am I setting? Right. And do I want my son to see me like that how do i want to be perceived right by my son Ex- exactly that makes sense too and um so i thought i'm just going to change everything my whole after having kids my whole I, yeah, yeah. yeah one sec yay he moves houses for you look at that <laughs> your spot okay you can sit on that spot okay all right all right sorry about that man go ahead um so what were we saying we were talking about um your set and showing you know oh yeah having your son listen to it and and i and i just felt like these are really juvenile ideas right that i'm discussing although there's there's some truth in in this experience that i've had with my life but if if Anybody could make these jokes. I would like to show him that that people can grow, yeah. or are grown, or that your dad is mature. Because when I look at children and how they treat their parents now, and that there's no respect that they see him as a peer, right? And I'm not my son's peer. I'm right. not his friend, right? I'm his dad, and my job is to make sure that I give him all the tools that he needs when he gets older. So right. uh, as he becomes a, a man, right? So. That's why I was like, I gotta, I gotta do something different, and I have to. If I'm gonna do stand up, I have to be responsible, uh, a, a responsible, an adult, a performer, right? And instead of saying these things on stage, instead of I had this really this, his name's Jay White Cotton. He's in a, he's such a funny comedian, mm-hmm. and I'm doing these sets when I first started trying to figure out how I'm gonna go about not talking about sex and being yeah whatever else, and. uh I started talking about politics and and really letting the establishment have it, trying to find and he's watching and he goes, What what's not working is that all you're doing is complaining and getting these audiences riled up. Yeah. Which is what I was good at. Right, right, right. And he said, What these people need from what you're talking about are solutions. And so my comedy went from complaining, talking about things that bothered me to actually giving solutions. Mm-hmm. And that made it so much easier. So what people would constantly ask me about was how how am I with my children? How how are you able to do this? I, I've, I taught martial arts for... Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And so parents would ask me, how did you get my child to do this yeah. in the class? I can't get him to do it at home. Yeah. So I would tell these parents and I, I found out that I could not stop talking about it. But I was just fascinated by the subject of... Sure raising kids right right right. and then i saw what's going on in our political system this was way before trump was president <laughs> this was when i saw george bush jr right uh, george bush senior right um uh and then obama it was what are we uh what are we teaching our future leaders and that's when i was like whatever i say on stage has has got to be geared toward because I, every comedian has an agenda. Sure. And my agenda is to make sure that people understand that what we are raising are what our country has to look forward to. Right. And the reason why uh, uh, we have people in office who like I don't I don't know Donald Trump personally. Right. But I do know that he 
grew up rich, has always been rich. So he doesn't know the other side. And he has no perspective. Uh, there are d- different degrees of knowing, sure. right? There's one where you read it in a book, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, there's one where you see it, right? And then the, the final level is actually living it. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's read a book about <laughs> how, you know, statistics, yeah. about how lower class uh, citizens or, or income... Uh, 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 middle middle class workers, he's seen it, you know. But what has he seen? Right. It's very limited when you're when you have that much money. It's very limited as to what you actually see, what you're going to sp- expose yourself to. It's true. So he has never been on the side that perhaps you or, you or I have. Right. So th- therefore, I was like, he, he's not going to understand normal everyday American struggles. Right. So when it comes to the people that I'm speaking to on on stage, I tell them this is what has worked for me as a parent because this is the kind of country world that I would like to see in the future. Sure. And so I give them these tools, these solutions. Right. And this is like at those uh corporate speaking corporate engagements and at, and at comedy clubs. Yeah. Yeah. So so is it more is it more you feel like you're more, being more informative than I mean because there is comedy to it or Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. It's uh it's sort of like a like a secret hidden agenda. And these people don't know that they're <laughs> like subliminal messages, yeah, right? <laughs> th- because sometimes it depends on on what part of the country I'm in. That, yeah. uh sometimes when I'm talking about whatever joke uh sure, about yeah. raising kids, th- sometimes the audience gets real quiet and you can tell they're taking notes. <laughs> like mental notes. Yeah. And they're or or oh, man, he's making a lot of sense. So yeah. Uh, which is good, and, and I'm glad. So that's how I knew I was on the right path, on the right track. And uh, people after the shows just started coming up to me and asking me, and or I've seen, uh, you know, ask me for advice. Mm-hmm. And I'm not there to give advice. I'm there to give you uh, uh, options, possibilities of what's... Mm-hmm. The, the bottom line is come up with your own solution, but be a parent. Right. Uh, teach these children that they're... That, uh, uh, that, it's okay to make mistakes that uh, uh, that you. Bottom line is, be a good person. That's right, all. right, Te- right. Yeah. What do you consider a good person, and then teach your kid that? Because I'm right. not going to tell you what a good person is. It's different for everybody. Right, right, right. So whatever you you take your family traditions, you give it to your child. Right. And if you don't like some of your family traditions, you it's just, your job. You can put a stop to it right now. Yeah, yeah. And there would be uh, so, there were there have been a couple of times where. My set. <laughs> Does it get it gets has, real serious? I'm guessing. Uh, no, no, no. It's, no, it doesn't. It's, it's always okay. funny because okay, okay. the bottom line is, I better it better be funny. Right, it, right, right. If it's not funny, I don't say it. Okay. Yeah. It, it, whatever I'm talking about has to be funny. <laughs> so are you like like prepping this before you start like rehearsing like in your head like how it's gonna go? Oh, there's always an order. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in my head, it's always like, oh, I'm gonna kill, and there's gonna be a standing ovation. <laughs> that always happens in my head. <laughs> but uh, uh, th- there would be sometimes people fighting after the show really like he was saying what i've been trying to tell you or <laughs> and you're and, like that's not what i'm going yeah I'm for. Like, yeah i was like you guys good luck <laughs> perhaps yeah, i'll be here all week <laughs> <laughs> if he's not listening to you or she's not listening to you maybe you right. guys work it out before before you have children figure out your plan of raising yeah. them yeah. yeah wow that's interesting man so before we started you were talking about how you're doing comedy for 17 years yeah and so it's just has it always been, I mean, over time, like, I guess when we age, our views change, like you were saying, has it always been the same type of shtick with your comedy or is it? No. Um, you, the, you did, but you were talking about earlier about the CD and yeah, your sound and everything um, and some expletives. In. So, I th- not with every comedian. I can't, I can only speak sure, for myself. Sure, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, uh, because I grew up in Converse. Right. Small town in right. Texas, right outside of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um Converse was when I was a child predominantly white. Really, and um, as I got older, I understood some of the experiences that I was having, some of the conversations. As a child, um, I had I had one black friend, mm-hmm. and all the other friends that I had were white. Wow! And it was oh, uh, except uh, there, on occasion I would hang out with a couple of other Mexican kids, but not sure. often. Yeah. Um, can you speak Spanish? Uh, a little bit. Okay. And right. I'm about to get into that. Okay. All right. Cool. So. Uh, <laughs> We're on the same page. Though. We would, th- we w- because I was hanging out with a black friend mm-hmm. uh, and 
uh, a couple of black friends, really, we would throw the N-word around a lot. We would just call them that. They would come over to my house, and we would be really racist. But the kids that we were not racist to were the white kids. Right. And why is that? Mm, because? Why could they say things to us about our race? But you couldn't do it with them? Because of... But there was nothing to make fun of them about. Right. I Not that it. they didn't have any shortcomings. Right, right. We just didn't see them. It was blind to us. Mm-hmm. We were convinced that, that... they were the superior. Yes. So my comedy took on that sort of racial tone mm-hmm. that uh, make fun of Mexicans, make fun of black people, and then let's also make fun of white people. Right. Um, but the, the my... Bra- I was so bold because i thought that's how everybody felt sure that was my world view growing up in this white town um which is crazy because it's it's predominantly like hispanic and black uh, so now. The, here so oh, sorry sorry I keep when i was no 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 it's yeah, great you're yeah, right it, yeah. um it's because we decided that we would live on both sides of the railroad tracks <laughs> and the white people are like oh we're we're out of here yeah. hey we're gonna take your money we're gonna build you a stadium we'll take all that money <laughs> And good luck with that. We're going to put up we're two Walmarts. We're going to go to Marion. We're going to yeah, go to Lavernia. Yeah, we're we're going to go to Marble Falls. There See you. Go. Check check you later. <laughs> we're out. Good luck with your 6A school or whatever. <laughs> so uh, um, I spoke very good Spanish. I spoke very well. Mm-hmm. My Spanish was, I had a thick accent when I f- started kindergarten. Wow. And I, my dad and I were had this discussion one night. I was, because I'm trying to learn, so I'm actively learning Spanish. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I told my dad, I was like, look, I can't blame you anymore for me not speaking Spanish. But if you would have spoken Spanish to me as a kid, I would be bilingual right now. Yeah. And he said, what are you talking? He was like, it, it wasn't me. I mean, I didn't. He let me know that the school oh. sent home a letter wow. to all the Mexican families saying, do not speak Spanish to your children at school because we want them to speak English. Wow. That's interesting. That's kind of wow. That right there i stopped and i was like i'm sorry dad i didn't know you thought you were doing what's best you were trying to get me to become acclimated to this white world that we're living in mm-hmm. so as i became a teenager uh, uh i i also learned that parents give uh depending on your race mm-hmm. they have different uh, and i can only speak for myself sure but i've also had other uh, friends tell me this and, and other audience members uh, from time to time that uh, they were given different instructions when confronted by police. Oh. So uh, my dad gave me this, when the police pull you over, don't move, put both hands on the steering, which is good advice. Right, right, right. Um, and, and do whatever they say. Mm-hmm. And even though I did that, my, um, my only experience with police officers in Converse uh, or the only time I should say that I've ever had a gun pointed at me Whoa. was by white police officers you, in Converse. Geez. As a teenager, I was pulled over uh, three times. Uh, the one of the times it was uh, whatever, mm-hmm. but um, the other two times it was I fit a description. I was seventeen at the time. Wow! And I had uh, my girlfriend's brothers with me, and we were all we we skated, and we were all just sitting in the car. And they were 12, 13 years old, and they made us all get out of the car on our knees in the middle of the road, right in front of the uh, um, the fire station, right next to the railroad tracks. Jeez. The police surrounded us. This happened twice. The police surrounded us, mm-hmm. all the, and it was, it was close to evening, and I was made to get on my knees and had a gun held to my... I could feel the steel on my head. Wow. And I was saying, why are you doing this? We are teenagers. They're children. Mm-hmm. I didn't say chill. It's like he's twelve. I was telling him, and then yeah. he's like, "Shut the f up!" And you did. did, did. Oh. I've never been more scared. Well, sure. Um, they felt uh, there was another time I was just accused of uh, shoplifting, which we didn't. And the police officers, we uh, we had uh, you know our takeout food, whatever, and it was just food was thrown everywhere, and just everything that we had, our skateboards were thrown out of the car, and it was found that you know we didn't steal anything. Right. And then it was left to us to put everything back in the. It was you would not treat anybody else like that wow. why me I, I you speak to i speak to my white friends never had anything like that happen so that's as i became older um and moved to another state sure um uh well before that happened i had went to uh 
uh, comedy is such a great right. career. So was that I, the reason for you to like to head up uh, East Coast? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I didn't know I was going to head to the East Coast. Right, right. You just wanted to get uh, out of here. I, I was on this path of just, oh, this is happening now? Oh, this is happening now. It's, it, it became like a like an adventure. <laughs> sure. Uh, because, uh, again, my life had just been only San Antonio and Converse. Right. Predominantly white. Sure. Then, Wait, so San Antonio was predominantly white back then, too? Uh, no, I'm, I, uh, oh, like in this area. In this area, yeah. 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 And even if, yeah, even if it wasn't, my friends were mostly white, and everybody wanted to be white. That's, that's the feeling that I got. Yeah. Or I did, because if the white people could say these things and we were making fun of each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice one. Yeah. Nice one. Uh, so, mm-hmm. but that that's my experience. Yeah. So... Uh, then I comedy took me to another country, and for the first time in my life, I had never been abroad. So where'd you go? I went to South Korea. Wow! And um, I did not understand why. In South Korea, they would have protests, mm-hmm. and believe me, I was like pro Bush, go Bush, pro America. America is <laughs> the greatest country. In the- I was like Rocky wrapped in an American flag, right? <laughs> Everywhere I went, and uh, I go to South Korea, and they were having these protests on. Uh, Anti, it was just anti-American sentiment, right? And I, uh, like George Bush had his, they had his face with the 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 circle around it, and the line through it, and they had mm-hmm. pictures of F-15s with the same thing, really bashing America. And I was like, how dare these people, right? Not appreciate what America. They're here because of us, you know? How dare they? Right. And this is what our tax. I was pretty upset. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the um, the uh, the DMZ. Uh, got to spend a little bit of time there. DMZ? Uh, the demilitarized zone. Oh, gotcha. Okay. 38th parallel. Okay. Uh, which is the dividing line between North Korea and South Korea. Gotcha. Um, and uh, learned that they're still at war. It's just a ceasefire. And then lear- and then went to the museum and learned of the politics behind why there are two separate Koreas. Mm-hmm. And then I understood that, oh, this is why they're angry. Yeah. Because... They never asked us to go there. What it was was the Cold War, mm-hmm. and we needed to fight a proxy war with Russia. So China uh, or, or uh, North Korea decided they would be communist. We were so, America was so afraid of the spread of communism right. that we needed to have South Korea and our presence there. So they were used as a pawn in this world stage, and I could understand why sure. they're upset. Right. But I didn't see that when I was trapped, when I just freshly came from Texas. Uh, And then, I mean, I didn't have that idea in my head right at that point. Mm -hmm. But I did notice that everybody knew that I was an American. They didn't see me as a Mexican. They saw me as an American. I could see that. I could spot another American in Korea. Right. And go, oh, fuck. And I didn't care where they were from. I was like, oh, I don't care that you're from Kentucky. Let's hug. (laughs) It's because these people hate me right now. I don't know what I did. Was it because of comedy that you were out there? Were you in the middle? Yeah, I was doing an MWR tour, uh, Morale, Welfare, and Recreation. Wow. Yeah. And um, uh, I got to go to different. Uh, countries because of that yeah. and do stand up for the soldiers that's pretty the cool. troops it was it was it was a really great experience um and once i got back home to the states uh that's how i took it that i learned something about america that not everybody thinks we're the greatest country right and perhaps perhaps and this is what's great about seeds that seeds being planted perhaps there is another point of view that I should look at if I want to be what I feel fair. Sure. So then I moved to New York, and when I moved to New York, short, shortly after I, I moved to New York, I guess I'd been doing stand-up for five years and then moved. And uh, in New York, people wanted to know your politics. They wanted to know where you stood, the, the comics that I hung out with. Sure. And um, I didn't have an answer for that. Wow. And, and if I did give an answer, they would ask questions. You're like I don't have the answer. Yeah, to that I was like I, because in Texas, in Converse, you don't talk religion or politics. The, right. The politics better be you're Republican in my family, right? Uh, or you better be Christian, right? Right. And that's it. Don't talk to me about. And, and if we can all just pray and agree on everything, then we're going to be all right. Uh, but everybody has a different opinion here. And my mom said, let's just not talk religion or politics. But in New York, that was that's what they did. And I so I got to learn about my myself, my politics, my opinion on things, that I better form one. Otherwise, either I'm not going to have the respect of my peers who are comedians, mm-hmm. 
And as a comedian, I wanted that. Right, of because course. Because they're big names that we're talking about. Wow. So I was like, I better get my stuff together. Uh, so I did, and I realized that um, some of the people that... And, and even if they had a very different opinion than I did, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, Christianity is the way to go and Muslims and whatever the, th- whatever the differences were, they had an opinion and they had a, uh, 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 ideas to back it up. Right. They weren't just saying it out of there. They just weren't, you know, blowing smoke. Mm-hmm. They had a legitimate reason as to why they felt like... Sometimes it was a really weak one, but sometimes that's all you need. You, they just hold on to it. Right. Um, just to kind of hold water in their own conversation. Yeah. Gotcha. Or maybe they actually believed it. Sure, sure. So uh, then once that happened, uh, I had a child and I had already had a, a kid and then in New York had another child and then ended up moving to L.A. And L.A. was just another um, uh, another set of ideals mm-hmm. that these people had. Right. Very liberal. Very huh? liberal. Mm-hmm. I should say that I thought, oh, everybody's liberal in in L.A. And then I did a show in Long Beach, and I was just—I had a Donald Trump joke. It was, and this was recently, or was this? it was during the during the primaries? Oh wow! Where Donald Trump had said like, uh, I he could walk down Fifth Avenue and and shoot somebody and not lose one vote. Wow! So I took that quote, yeah, and I said, uh, well, I think that I could shoot Donald Trump and win the election. <laughs> And everybody got quiet. It oh. was just, they were so angry. Yeah. Uh, and then afterward, I learned that they were Trump supporters. Oh. So Long Beach, I was like, really? Long Beach? Yeah. It's so... Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, oh, no, they are rich, old, white... I, like, I did not... Even then, I thought, oh, I'm in California, and, and they are immune. Yeah. But nope, even California, you're going to find okay. uh, Boss Hog. Let me see one second. Boss Hog. <laughs> There you go. You just needed a hand up. Yep. Okay. So you were, did you reference uh, the Trump as boss hog? No, no, no. I, uh, <laughs> I should have them. No, no, no. But uh, nobody, they would have gotten it. They were pretty old. Sure, sure. But um, when, when I was in South Korea, the, I was staying at this hotel next to the embassies. It's like embassy row. Yeah. And I, if I remember correctly, there were, there were a bunch, there, Iran didn't have an embassy. They had a sanctuary. I believe I could be wrong. I should mm-hmm. look it up. But I remember not seeing an embassy, but a ton of uh, uh, Iranians out in front of this area. Sure. And so every morning I would go from the hotel and I would walk to the um, to the uh, military base. Yeah. Uh, and every morning the Iranians would be there. And when I would walk out, they would all stop and make me walk through them. Really? They could not wait. To fight like if i touch them oh they were very hostile toward me um and it was because you were american it was because i was american and that that was for somebody to have that much hate towards somebody that they don't even know they just hated the idea of our culture mm-hmm. and then that's that was one of the that all these men would stand there mm-hmm. and stand for what they believed and meanwhile i was totally oblivious right and that's <laughs> another problem is that americans uh, by and large um uh, appreciate being ignorant, and ignorant means that you just don't you just don't know. It's right. not a it's not a negative connotation. It's or or a pejorative. It's just it's just a fact. You do you know what's going on in the, in the Middle East? Do you know uh, why uh, uh, Saddam Hussein was in power? Do you know um, uh, why these people don't like our culture? Well, every culture has a has um, a will to to live to keep moving we love the american culture so much that we want to spread it to the rest of the world (laughs) yeah but sometimes that part of the world doesn't like american culture like do we all want to live in india no do we like the indian culture well they love it the indians love it right not all of them sure and those people move Right. Those people get out or they stay there and complain about the culture that they don't like. But what you won't see is uh, uh, it turning into uh, or you're not going to convince every Indian and they want it to stay that way. Mm-hmm. It's a culture. Right. So I needed to understand that their culture, they felt like that was being threatened mm-hmm. by American ideals. And so I started to see that. Um, and. 
and if somebody's listening and they're and they're completely disagreeing with me, <laughs> I can see your point <laughs> that I I can't speak for everybody and I'm not. I can only speak for myself. Right. So once I got to that position, uh, or in or or that, um, uh, I guess the, my life experience that mm-hmm. once I moved to L.A. and uh, uh, I discovered that there is a huge. Uh, uh, difference disparity between not just racial divides but also class mm-hmm. whether if you have a lot of money if you're poor that there's so many things that divide people but what's the one thing that that makes us all come together what is the one thing so searching for that and it and it would be uh the only thing that 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 one thing is whatever you create sure. for it right and so that's what i've been trying that's what i tell my boys it's be good to everybody, and if and if they're not good to you, just get, move on. Right. The only thing you can control is yourself, and spread that. Yeah. B- spread who you are, because the world needs more people who are confident in who they are. Right. Uh, with with ideas of uh, or ideals of uh, um, community and service, um, because I, I feel like one of the things that has gone on in our in our country is that. Uh, the social programs that we have and but we always talk about our soldiers they provide service there but but i'm like that is a that's a social uh, program right they provide a service what happened to the service that we're talking about we are like it or not america is a social in in a lot of ways a giant social program sure yeah i can see that but it's just that People don't like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. So I tell my boys, always be in service, uh, spread who you are, uh, and be kind to people. Be compassionate. Right. And be, uh, I, uh, when, I, when I first started down, that I read about Gandhi, and uh, Gandhi had this, the, uh, that quote, uh, be the change in the world you mm-hmm. would like to see. And I would make fun of it on stage. <laughs> but after repeating it over and over, it got in my head. Yeah. Be the change that, and then at that it, it, there's so many things happen. Sure. The seed planting. Yeah. And um, and then I was like, son, if, if this is what you would like to see in the world, you go out and you be it. Um, th- so I, I haven't told him that, you know, Christianity is right. Uh, uh, Hinduism is right. I haven't told him what religion is right. I was like, it's just your connection with God. Right. If you even believe there's a God. Sure. But what you better believe is that you came from somewhere and you owe that somewhere uh, gratitude. So right. if you want to call it the universe, if you want to call it God, whatever it is, energy, mm-hmm. the 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 infinite computer, whatever it is you want to call it, show gratitude toward it and um and spread that. On the other hand, I can see how um somebody like Donald Trump is like, "Oh, well, be the change in the world you would like to see." Well, this is the world that I would like to see. And they go about creating that. It's yeah. just a difference of ideals and what kind of people are we raising? Right. So, yeah. see, when I when I hear him say that, I picture Biff Tannen and Back to the Future two doing crazy stuff. It, that's <laughs> what I do. Yeah, he went back. Is he? I. I uh, okay. So I love I love piecing world events together. Like sure. in my own head, I was, um, when I'm I write I write as well, and yeah. so uh, I'm always jotting down ideas like what if this, what if that, and you, so are you are you writing like material for like skits and skits? Uh, I'm. Some I'm of your, uh, I've written for some for television that you'll oh, wow, that you okay. won't see my name in because it's ghostwriting and then but oh. now I'm currently trying to uh pitch a show to a network. I've had a, a couple of meetings so, so hopefully that one goes through. Yeah, well good luck with it. But thank you. So while I'm uh, writing all these things, I just these thoughts pop into my head. Um mm-hmm. uh and one of them was that that I think we're in some sort of bizarro like timeline. This right. isn't happening where yeah. every good man who would have been a good leader is just snuffed out like somebody had to have gone back in time and saw that the kennedys were going to be great for the country yeah and just got rid of all of them (laughs) right it feels that way it's too coincidental yeah it is it is that uh bobby john john jr yeah gone just and then for somebody like how how can we look at um I, I believe that the uh, you can when you look at somebody in the eye you see who they are. Right, sure. Look in uh, Karl Rove's eyes, Dick Cheney's eyes. What do you see? The, I th- how did the Sith Lords become? 
in charge of the country. You can clearly see that. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I see Dick Cheney, I see I see oil and they, money. Yes, they Jedi mind trick everybody. They're, they're, it's somehow the dark side has, to use a Star Wars analogy, has sure, sure. I love Star Wars. That's come, to, come to be in charge. And like, um, for instance, and perhaps a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this because I'm used to it, but <laughs> on this point, but when I say Jedi mind trick, it's... Uh, um, these are not the droids you're looking for. These right. are not the droids. Even though it was clearly the droids they were looking for. Yeah, yeah. When 9-11 happened, not since Pearl Harbor. And Pearl Harbor was, it's it's in Hawaii. It's far from the mainland. Right. You know? Um, when 9-11 happened and... Were you in New York when it happened? I was not. Okay. I remember, this is how... This is how self-involved i was i woke up my my wife at the time was watching the tv mm-hmm. and uh and i go what happened yeah and she goes oh two planes just went into the world trade center and i was like uh, there's a place where the world trades i had no idea <laughs> that's how ignorant i was well, see and and to to kind of piggyback off of that i i was 19 when that happened and i was going to community college in alice and I went to class and I, I needed to get windshield wipers for my car at the time. And I went into AutoZone and they usually had music playing in the background and it was real somber. And some guy was talking real like, you know, this is very devastating and blah, blah, you know, and he's talking and I'm not paying attention. I'm tuning it out because I'm just worried about what I'm, what I'm doing. I'm focused at the task at hand. I go home and my mom is glued to the TV and she says, planes hit the trade center and me thinking like trade center because i never knew they were called the world trade center towers i immediately thought why would somebody crash a plane into the trade center in corpus where they sell (laughs) no joke somebody went into the flea market (laughs) and she's like no cabezon or whatever and (laughs) she's like no this and so i go look at the tv like oh and that that's key because people like you and me growing up that was our education right right keep us ignorant so we don't even know that that's going on right um and wow, so when when I was uh, uh, learning about uh, uh, the different cultures and the different ideas, and uh, so when or, or uh, the Jedi mind trick is what yeah. we're talking about, the uh, and how they've come into power, it's that after they hit, then they come and tell us we have never been safer than under the presidency of uh, George Bush, <laughs> Jr. <laughs> And in my head, at first, I thought, but he's the president in charge. How is he making me safe? It happened on his watch, and they're right. telling me that I've never been safer. They've just said, you've never been safer. And then I've, yes, I've never been safer. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not safe anymore. Right. And th- then we have the TSA, and then I thought, this is one giant plan. It's what happened after that. We had the t- we get Homeland Security. We have another agency. We employ a bunch of people. Now we have these people at the airports. More control. We have less freedoms. Right. But more employment under government. Right. Um, and then you get into the argument of, well, Operation I'm willing to give freedom. up my freedoms for safety. And that becomes a very scary idea. Right. Um, so or to some people, some people are fine with it because now they feel safe. Um, and then you had people actually willing to give up their freedoms or, or defending them and saying, well, if I have nothing to hide, I won't be afraid if they're looking through my stuff. Yeah. If they want to look through my computer, I'm fine with it if, if they want to go through it, through it because I'm not doing anything wrong. Well, well what about due process? As an, it, it, then they should ask your permission before they go in. Am I not correct? Right. Because it's in the Constitution that they need to have a reason. Wow. They better have a warrant that's in the Constitution, but yet they can go in. And people are fine with that because they feel safe. So they're, now they're willing to give away their constitutional rights. Yeah. So when people are, when, when uh, you know, people who love the Second Amendment don't ever take away my guns. People sure. who love the First Amendment, my freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. People who love what, what? What's the amendment where they uh, search and seizure or whatever? Oh, it's the fifth or something. I think it's the fifth. Yeah. So the, somebody's going <laughs> to. It's the thing. That guy doesn't know what he's talking about because he doesn't. It's been but years for history. I'm one of those people who tout. Where's my due process? Right. That's the one I'm going to hold on to. Right. As well as all the other uh, the first uh, ten, the Bill of Rights. So uh, then. Uh, after learning all these, after going around the world, I decided I would go back to school, to college. Because I had started when I was in my 20s. But when you go back, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years later or whatever, 
uh, almost 20 years later, um, you have to start over. And um, I went to college in California. And that's where I started to form these uh, different ideals. And then it dawned on me that Mm -hmm. depending on what part of the country you're in depends on what sort of education you get. Yeah. I was a history major. And one of the things that my history professor, one of them said was um, history is all perspective. It's written in the historian's perspective. Ah. And that hit me so hard uh, because while we can have like a fact is this happened on this date. But what is it that happened? And that's written in the perspective of whatever. So if the historian comes from uh, a, a racial, ba- a racist background, let's say, or if he comes from a liberal background, mm-hmm. if he comes from, if it's a Russian writing the history, uh, because they don't call the Great Britain doesn't call the Revolutionary War the Revolutionary War. They call it something else. I don't know. Right, it was yeah. like, hey, that time America separated from us or whatever. It was. <laughs> but even their history is different. So right. it's written in the history, the perspective of the historian. And that also changed my perspective and what what I'm telling my kids is one of the things that I explain to them is look at every single perspective, not just yours, but look at it. If you're having a conversation, look at it from the others, mm-hmm. the other person's point of view. Right. Uh, because maybe maybe they have something valid to say. They possibly do, um, which gets us into energy and however we're all equal, whatever. Uh, uh, but. If you're going to be uh, a well-rounded individual, I feel mm-hmm. is that you you have to be open to new ideas, right? And That's be- a big point. because my my perspective now is way different than it was five years ago, and and in five years from now, it could it's going to be even different than what it is today, right? But it's keep an open mind and listen to uh, the whole story, not just bits and pieces, not just. Um, understand where the person you're talking to is coming from because that's what I learned in New York was um, they could the guys that I was hanging out with mm-hmm. uh, would, would would have these conversations and just dog each other if they uh, if somebody was caught just uh, quoting a soundbite you know oh you're just because you heard that on CNN what what did you what is your experience what else do you know and they would just call you out on it. Oh, okay, oh, here's gosh. Mr. Fox News coming. What yeah. would you hear on Fox News today? And and then they would break down the entire story. So yeah. that also led me to understanding that uh, at some point there was a the government had done a study, and I, I forget you can look it up, but mm-hmm. um, I learned this in in history class that sure. th- that television's a a great educator. <laughs> and that's where you get public broadcasting, right? And Sesame Street. They were like, oh, the children can learn from it. Yeah. Well, anything you see on TV, you take it as real. It's a learning box. Right. So whoever's who the people in charge of of what we see on television in the news, very clever. They learn that sound bites are key. You repeat it over and over and over. And sometimes if you keep your population so busy, they do not have time to research what you just said. Wow. And if you take it out of context, they're going to take that because then they feel like they're smart. Well, I heard on CNN or headline news that this, and that's all they need to know because that's more than what the person next to them knows. Yeah. But if you actually have time to research it and listen to the entire story, then you can appreciate what's happening. So yeah. soundbite. So I stopped yeah. listening to any sort of even talk radio. I'll, I'll listen to NPR if there's if they're talking about science times or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, like Friday uh, <laughs> science time. Um, but if it's any sort of uh, and people would like to, uh, or I had been classified as, or uh, as, as I'm liberal, or I'm a socialist, or a communist. Uh, You've and, been called a communist? Um, no, no, no. Oh, but oh. that, looped in with that sort of Got, socialist, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liberal, definitely. Sure. But um, I also, I also don't listen to, um, you know, uh, uh, what's what's that guy's name? Keith Olbermann. Or I don't oh, watch yeah. Rachel Maddow. Yeah. Because they also have an agenda, and it's yeah. a very skewed agenda. Yeah. Uh, skewed one way and I'm not going to listen to Rush Limbaugh and I'm not going to watch Bill O'Reilly because mm-hmm. that's also very skewed but if you do want what's on the the pulse of the country then you listen to both of them mm-hmm. or uh, uh, people like them yeah but if you want the actual truth then you go uh you listen to John Stewart no, you okay. listen to John Stewart <laughs> no, or okay. uh, uh what's Stephen Colbert <laughs> yeah, yeah um the only truth you're going to have is what you experience personally sure 
and try to piece together what's what's really happening. And the only time the only time tells the truth. So you could look back and you're like, oh, LBJ did kill Kennedy. And you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, okay, fine. That's I could see why he had yeah he had everything to gain, and then you know. Um, but uh, why do you have that guy yeah. on? He's, <laughs> no, well, you know, I, I honestly, th- man, if you want to talk about the JFK conspiracy, that conspiracy, I can talk to you for hours on that. I've, I've researched it. So over and over. So what do you? I mean, not to get off track, but what do you? You think LBJ? I did? think he, yeah, because the, who, who can? Who is the um, most powerful person in the world? The president, president. of the United States. The only person that could kill a president is the person that would be president. He's the right there. You had to have coordination between the FBI, the CIA, mm-hmm. and the Secret Service. Right. Are you telling me that, uh, I mean, I'm not going to, it would be hard for me to believe that uh, Fidel Castro had anything to do. He may have funded some of it, uh, yeah. and in that I can't prove anything, but I do know that at the highest levels of security, Secret Service, CIA, FBI, there had to be a breakdown. Yeah. in the chain of command. Somebody up top had to uh, approve of this. Right. And the only people that have access to that would be people in the White House. And he and the guy is being sworn in as president on the Air Force immediately. One. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Which is crazy. That is just crazy. And so cuz I, I watched I've watched the Oliver Stone movie uh, just I, that, so that many whole times. that whole cover up of the magic bullet. Yeah. Uh, if you watch the video you go to the Zapruder <laughs> film and and you watch him, he's been shot multiple times. Yeah. He's hurting that man. Uh, LBJ, it was, he's a Texas boy. Yes, he is. I mean, he was already he's let's no give him a to con- controversy in Texas already, though. Let's give him a ride in my hometown because I can get everybody in my hometown to do what I want. Wow, that's deep. That's deep. I never would have thought of that. But he's already, actually, when he was running for Texas State Representative, Box 13 was in Alice, Jamos County. He, that was like a rigged election, too. So LBJ wanted nothing. Uh, I mean, you have photos of LBJ uh, intimidating people. That one, that one famous photo of him standing over, uh, uh, I, uh, I guess, another senator. But that's what I understand how LBJ got things done. He would stand over. He's a very close talker. And when you listen to when you listen to his his uh, tapes, his recorded mm-hmm. tapes, uh, he's he's a country just a uh, yokel. You know, he's. Calls it his. Uh, there's one where he's getting a fitting and hey, make sure the pants have enough room. My bunghole, like he actually says bunghole. You're like, who says bunghole in the White House? LBJ, <laughs> probably um, Donald Trump now. <laughs> right. <clears throat> uh, but that's just making fun of his uh, his cadence or his, yeah, yeah. His, but uh, it, going back to the actual conspiracy, um, in some of the video, you see the the Secret Service standing down. You see them getting away. One Secret Service um, agent is throwing his arms up in the air going, why are we not, why are we abandoning our president? Because when he gets shot, where are the people that are supposed to run alongside the car? They're nowhere to be found. Exactly. They were told to stand down. You said there's a video like, what are we doing? Yeah. Wow. Um, And and Oswald didn't do it. Patsy, totally. You could. So when when something big happens. Uh, and somebody start and somebody comes out and they start and they start talking mm-hmm. uh, like that guy who who was at that Russell Crowe movie. Uh, and he he's a whistleblower on the tobacco company. Oh man! What, oh jeez! I man, I can't think of the movie right now. But uh, yeah, uh, Insider, I think the movie's okay. called. But what ends up happening is when you start to speak out, what the the media will do, and 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 when I when I say media, I mean the big news channels. The mm-hmm. Because uh, after researching, there are, I believe, 15 billionaires who control the five big media stations. So uh, you have very few people controlling a lot of the information. Mm -hmm. So if whatever you're talking about doesn't fit these billionaires' agendas, Mm -hmm. they can put it and make make their own agenda and then discredit the whistleblower. Wow. And that happens a lot. So anytime somebody like, uh, let's say that um, uh, when Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle is a perfect example. Yeah. Um, Comedy Central, he's, he starts to see that he doesn't like the direction the, uh, that they're taking a show. They're, they're right. trying to control him. Right. They want to control because now they understand that he's a pop, he's a pop culture icon. Yeah. Whatever he says, people are going to watch it. And he's whether it's comedy or not, 
its information. His was very racial. Right. Um, Which he so, didn't, he got tired of doing real uh, quick, right? So they tried to convince him that he was going crazy, that he needed. So what did he do? He left. He broke out. He went to Africa. While he was in Africa, they start to discredit him. Dave Chappelle gone crazy. He needed to go. He went to Africa. How crazy is that? That is, they started to tear his character apart. Wow. Um, if you watch some of his, um, some of like his inside the actor studio. Oh, he was like, he looked pretty baked. And he's talking about, um, uh, you know, when you have this money, it's a different, it's a different life. It's a complete, it's, and I have to completely 100% agree that sure people with a ton of money, like we're talking crazy money that you, that you can't even fathom right now. Mm -hmm. You think you can, when you say, Oh, I want to be rich. What's your idea of rich? I want to be a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. How many millions? I just need a million dollars. That right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would be rich. Right. That's your idea. That's poor man thinking. That's <laughs> to them a million dollars. Hey, welcome to the Millions Club. You know, your new money and we don't respect you and <laughs> what can you buy for a million dollars? Maybe you're going to buy three properties then what? Then you're out of money, so see ya. Yeah. We're talking about what the money that people spend that's $40,000 a day on a yacht. That is crazy. Uh, can you even imagine that? And that's their throwaway money. That doesn't even include their house, their cars, all the people that they employ to keep up their security detail. Awesome, guys. All right, so that was part one with my conversation with Chris. Stay tuned for Sunday. It's Christmas Day. I get it. I hope you guys have a happy holiday with your family. And I'm going to give you something. In the, in, the, in the season of giving, right, I'm going to give you part two. I'm not going to make you wait a week. So Sunday afternoon or so, be ready for this little upload coming through. And you'll see it because if you subscribe, you'll see the alert and say, Hey, World of Row episode 53. Or, yeah, it is 53. Wow. 53 is available. Chris Mata part two. So stay tuned, guys. Uh, it's, it gets even better. It's hilarious. And, uh, um, yeah, that's going to do it. So let's let's get into social media, guys. Twitter and Instagram at Royal Santos Jr. You can follow my Facebook page at facebook.com slash world of row. Give it a like, will you, please? And then if, then after that, you can share it, right? Say, oh, look, this is my buddy's podcast. He's a good friend of mine. Give him a like and listen to the show. Worldofrow.com is where you can listen to all those episodes. iTunes, guys. Go to iTunes. If you have an iPhone, go to iTunes and do that. Android, you can still use Google Play or TuneIn or stitcher whatever other apps that are out there for android but if you can iphone users use use the itunes and then write the review on the podcast app it takes like 30 seconds guys anyway that's gonna do it guys i hope you enjoyed uh part one and uh stay tuned for sunday and stay tuned for i don't know where i was going anyway guys uh have a good weekend guys have a merry christmas and i'll probably tell you that again then stay tuned as the world of road turns have a good one guys